Welcome to the Wilfred Podcast. Here, you'll expand your knowledge and understanding on a wide range of business, entrepreneurial, and self-development skills in just 30 minutes or less. I'm your host, Grant Kitchingman. Introducing the Wilfred Podcast. shaking and what's good welcome to the third episode of season two thanks so much for joining me yet again i'm lucky to have you here and appreciate it more than you know that said maybe you could tap me up a little bit more and follow the podcast on whatever service you use sorry for not uploading an episode last week i had a family gathering in port macquarie and took the time to enjoy the time with loved ones tony robbins is an entrepreneur number one best-selling author investor business strategist philanthropist and motivational speaker He has empowered more than 50 million people from 100 countries all around the world through his audio programs, educational videos, and live seminars. Tony has been in the game for over 45 years, with many attesting to his warmth, humor, and transformational power. He is also involved in more than 100 privately held businesses, with combined sales exceeding $7 billion per annum. Robbins is the author of six international bestsellers, including the 2014 New York Times number one financial bestseller, Money, Master the Game, Seven Simple Steps to Financial Freedom, which is this week's book in focus. This book, unlike last week, has tons of fresh ideas, most of which we have not discussed prior. In case this is the first time you're joining us, as per the intro, I deconstruct a new book every week by reading, highlighting, reflecting upon, and writing a script to do so all of which is done within one week. Not only that, but you can also listen to each episode in the same amount of time it takes you to get to work in the morning. As always, I have divided the content from this book into three equal sections. These will include part one, the power of thought, part two, investing, and part three, success. All right, let's go. Part one the power of thought. Everything we create in our lives starts with thought. The power of the brain has been researched immensely over the decades, the results of which have demonstrated that it has the ability to produce significant benefits when its power is harnessed effectively. Athletes at the pinnacle of their discipline now utilize visualization in the lead up to their event and in their training to have a slight advantage over their opponents. Many of the top businessmen and women sleep with a notepad and pen on their bedstand so they can write down their ideas from their dreams or the last thoughts of the day as they drift off to sleep. Meditation is now taught in schools to give young people the power to rest their brains when this is required. Likewise, your views on money, as well as your self-efficacy with money, can directly and immensely affect your accumulation of it. Conversely, if our mind is littered with negative thoughts, those negative thoughts will consume us. Negativity is just as, if not more powerful in its effect, than positivity. Negativity can overpower any positive thoughts you have, as our brain is hardwired to hyperfocus on negative thoughts. As Tony states, the pleasure of our victories is dwarfed by the pain of our failures and our losses. This can obviously be beneficial on occasion. For example, 
if one strives to take action to ensure this issue is not replicated. However, if all we do is dwell on the negative aspects of our lives, we will not take action. We will simply continue to dwell. Robbins writes, Remember, it's not conditions, but decisions that determine our lives. Disappointment can drive us, or it can defeat us. Amazing. We have agreed to reject disappointment in our lives. What's next? You might be thinking that we should come up with an end goal, then decide on achievable short, medium, and long-term goals to get there, celebrating the wins along the way. Sound plan, young Padawan. But alas, another hurdle. The fear of failure. It's not a small hurdle either. No, no, no. In fact, that's a huge... No, I won't say that. I won't say that. Tony writes, The ultimate thing that stops most of us from making significant progress in our lives is not somebody else's limitations, but rather our own limiting perceptions or beliefs. Even when we know what to do, our fear can keep us from executing our plans. It's no secret that fear of failure is the most common roadblock that limits people taking the necessary risks to propel themselves into the life they dream of living. Like Tony says, our brains are wired for survival and that's how we've made it as a species. But our imaginations can also hold us back. Now, let's delve into how this relates to wealth building. Well, let me lead with this quote from Tony. 80% of success in life is psychology, and 20% is mechanics. Money is nothing more than a reflection of your creativity, your capacity to focus, and your ability to add value and receive back. Hopefully I don't butcher my summary of this, but the key words here in my opinion are creativity and value. Many people want to be rich and famous for simply being rich and famous. Think of all those run-of-the-mill influencers out there presently. What value are they providing apart from cheap advertising for companies or serving up cake, so to speak? Is simply ripping off another person's content while being slightly better looking all that creative? This is why so many of them have such short careers. People figure this out and simply stop creating their content, if you can call it that. Unfortunately, however... Then they move on to the next one, or the next generation comes through and hits follow. Now, let's consider such people as Jordan Peterson. He is well respected and respectful of others, highly educated, shares his knowledge through both free and paid content. Who is going to have a lengthier, more rewarding career? I'll leave that one open-ended. But if we have any more influencers fall off, we're going to have to find somewhere to put them. Oh wait, never mind, we already have one. Dubai. If we are to seek, first, we are to understand. When it comes to understanding what it is you are pursuing, Tony states that, Whatever you pursue, I have found it's only an attempt by your brain to meet one or more of six human needs. One, certainty or comfort. Our need to feel in control and to know what's coming next so we feel secure. Two, uncertainty and variety. We need variety. We need surprise. You can't grow muscle or character unless you have something to push back against. Three, significance. We all need to feel important, special, unique, or needed. Four, love and connection. Love is the oxygen of life. It's what we all want and need most. Five, growth. If you're not growing, you're dying. And six, contribution. Sharing enhances everything you experience. Understanding this and the other points we have discussed thus far, will allow one to put their unwarranted concerns to rest and achieve their goals through vivid visualization and the execution of their goals. If you are faced with a momentary issue, speed bump, problem or perceived failure, 
Remember that, quote, our problems come in waves, but so do the solutions. There are no limits except the ones I impose on myself. Part two, investing. The bottom line is, if we feel like we're losing something, we avoid it, we won't do it. That's why so many people don't save and invest. You have to make the shift from being a consumer in the economy to becoming an owner. We already know that inflation is reducing the buying power of our money as the costs of goods and services increase over time. One method to overcome inflation is investing, which has an average return on investment of around 9% per annum, as per the ASX 200. Compare this figure to savings, which only accrue between almost zero and no more than 5% interest per annum, and this is including additional variable rates, which require you to meet specific terms. Not only that, if you were to invest in an exchange-traded fund, also known as an ETF, and select the reinvestment option, your dividends would automatically purchase you more shares every quarter, amplifying the yearly returns. This will then increase the amount of money you have invested, and therefore, the return on investment next quarter. As Tony states, compound interest is such a powerful tool that Albert Einstein once called it the most important invention in all of human history. Compounding will allow you to supercharge your investment if the aforementioned strategy is adhered to. However, it's important to remember that the reinvestment strategy is not the provider's default. So, after purchasing your initial shares, you need to access your online account and select the reinvestment option. For most shares in Australia, this can be done on the computer share website by accessing your online account. This is not an option for most individual companies, however. So bear that in mind if you're looking to purchase your own individual shares, rather than Vanguard ETF shares, for example. Don't overlook the benefits of buying and holding shares for the long term either. Not only will you reap the benefits of compounding, but this also carries tax benefits. As Robbins confirms, if you're investing in an index long term, you're not taking the tax bite each year. Instead, you're deferring the taxes, since you haven't sold anything. This is in stark contrast to trading, in which the trader is hit with full capital gains tax. If they were to hold their assets for more than 12 months, they would receive a capital gains tax discount of 50%, which means they would simply pay tax on half the net capital gain. Next, the difference between actively and passively managed funds. An actively managed investment fund requires a manager or management team who and which makes decisions about how to invest the fund's money. In contrast, a passively managed fund simply follows or mirrors a market index. It does not require a management team making investment decisions and therefore is usually less expensive to invest with, carrying less fees. This is important as many investors might have heard that actively managed funds carry less risk due to your money being handled by a team. However, this is very rarely the case, according to the data. Robbins notes that 96% of actively managed mutual funds fail to beat the market over any sustained period of time. From 1984 to 1998, a full 15 years, only 8 out of 200 fund managers beat the Vanguard 500 index. Robbins instead recommends index funds such as S&P 500 because the investor, quote, does not have to pay a professional to try picking which stocks in the index you should own. As I have stated in a prior episode, I am not a professional, so I cannot make stock recommendations. However, I am invested with Vanguard due to their relatively low fees compared to most providers. Warren Buffett states that the average investor should never pick stocks or time the market. Finally, 
market timing, risk, and diversification. Robbins states that if you think you can time the market, you're wrong. Diversify across time. And that's what dollar cost averaging does for you. All you need to do is make equal contributions to all of your investments on a set time schedule, either monthly or quarterly. The goal is to take emotion out of investing because emotion is what so often destroys investing success. Dollar cost averaging is how you make the volatility of the market work for you. If you have listened to my prior episodes of Wilfrid, you would already know the importance of diversification. You will also know that there are various sectors within the stock market, which include energy, materials, industrials, consumer discretionary, consumer staples, healthcare, financials, information technology, communication services, utilities, and real estate. The investor must either invest in a range of individual stocks in each of these sectors to diversify, or simply invest in an ETF or index fund, which automatically invest in a range of companies within these sectors. It's also important to note that diversification is multi-layered. True diversification cannot be achieved unless one invests in stocks, bonds, cash, real estate, commodities, gold, emerging markets, the list truly does go on. Even if you do achieve the lofty heights of true diversification as described, you're still not quite there yet. According to Tony, you have to divide up your money based on how much risk and reward there is, not just in equal amounts of dollars in each type of investment. For example, If one was to invest 50% of their money in bonds and 50% in stocks, many will incorrectly consider that balanced. When we consider risk, however, bonds may have a risk percentage of 5%, while stocks present a risk percentage of 95%. Yes, your money has been divided equally in half, yet your investments are not equal in their risk, and therefore your portfolio is not balanced. Additionally, the level of risk is fluid, not fixed. This means that, To be a successful investor, you need to rebalance your portfolio at regular intervals, as Tony states, noting that this should be done at least annually. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's best to seek professional advice when it comes to investing. They will take into consideration your living conditions, salary, and a range of other factors when determining your risk tolerance in investing. This is important to your success, because if you go out alone and invest money you later need back, you'll be doing yourself a disservice. This is because stocks are not as liquid as cash or savings, meaning they cannot be readily accessed to pay for unforeseen expenses, typically taking three business days to clear once sold. There is a myriad of different investment strategies. Some people are traders, some invest in an attempt to beat inflation, and some, like me, invest with their retirement in mind. Everyone's financial situation is different, which highlights the importance of professional insight. However, I'm a long-term investor, the reason for which is summarized elegantly by Robbins. He states, find a way to earn or save an extra $500 per month or $6,000 a year. If this is invested at an 8% return over 40 years, it is worth $1.5 million. I am genuinely concerned about retirement. I've heard so many horror stories of retirees not having enough money saved in super or otherwise to live well. I can't think of anything worse than the last years of my life being a nightmare. It's truly terrifying. As such, I've been trying to adhere to Tony's advice and have been investing $500 per month since 2020 in an ETF I will not name, for obvious reasons. Let's see how close to that number you and I can get. I would be remiss to overlook the inherent risk of the stock market. 
they are present and numerous, especially if underappreciated. The mantra of investing is high risk, high reward. So one must appreciate the possibility of investing in some absolute dog stocks, as well as the rocket ships. The answers to the equation are numerous. Research, assessing risk tolerance, educating yourself, and seeking professional guidance. It's definitely not taking Uncle Phil's word for the next big thing. Part three, success. The best way to change your life is to find people who've already achieved what you want and then model their behavior. Success leaves clues. I have already discussed the fluidity of the meaning of success in our culture in a prior episode of Wilfred. Your definition of success might mean clearing a million in the bank. To another, it could mean effectively balancing each aspect of their life. To me, it could mean being able to quit my job to pursue podcasting full-time. To paraphrase Tony's point above, one must seek out a person who has walked the same rainbow as us, but already found the pot of gold at the end. In my case, that could mean modelling Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan experience, due to him being the most successful podcaster of all time. Regardless, we must appreciate the fact that, quote, people who succeed at the highest level are not lucky. They're doing something differently than everyone else. They have knowledge other people don't. It goes without saying, on the road to success, you will meet some temporary defeat. Read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight if you doubt me on that one. Robbins notes that problems are just speed bumps on the road to your dreams. Learn from every failure, act on those learnings, and success becomes inevitable. The problem is that, today, failure is frowned upon in the workplace, in schools, university, everywhere. But the truth is that failure is inevitable, but just as important as it is heartbreaking. Tony states further, talent and skill are two key elements to success attainable by anyone who is truly committed. Often, it's frustration, anger, or stress that triggers a breakthrough. If you want that coveted million in the bank, the first step is learning how to save. You can't get rich from saving, but you also can't get rich without saving. I've talked a lot about saving in prior episodes, the most succinct in my opinion being Season 1 Episode 9, in which I summarised The Barefoot Investor by Scott Pape. One of the main takeaways from Scott's writings is that you need to make savings automated if you are to be successful in accumulating wealth. Tony agrees, writing, Here's the key to success. You have to make your savings automatic. As Bert Melchior told me, the best way to save is when you don't see the money in the first place. This could be directly linked to Robert T. Kiyosaki's quote, pay yourself first. Here's my interpretation of all three authors' ideas. Set up an automatic transfer the day after your salary is paid into your bank account, into your savings account, which you simply do not touch. Different authors recommend different amounts and percentages, but these can be averaged to around 15-20% to 20% of your net pay. This means that you should note the amount paid into your account every fortnight or whatever increment you're paid. Then multiply that by anywhere between 0.15 and 0.20. That number you've just calculated denotes the amount of money that you are to transfer directly into your savings account the day after you are paid. The harder it is for you to access this money, the better. To really drive this point home, you should not and will not touch this money. It's off limits. It's out of bounds. As Tony writes, it's your money and it's time for you to take control. So you have followed Tony's advice on saving and investing and now you've achieved that lucrative million in the bank. Ka-ching!
What will you do with your newfound cash reserves? Well, my counter question would be, what could you do with your money that would make you the happiest? Tony writes, the real goal is to have the lifestyle you want, not the things. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I also discuss the importance of giving. I believe in season one, episode two, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Tony states, the secret to living is giving. Give freely, openly, easily, and enjoyably. This means that you might find greater fulfillment in life by seeking ways to enrich the life of others with your money. It may be the secret to true happiness. This is the reason for which people with money give it away, most notably through philanthropy. However, this doesn't mean that giving is only for the rich and famous. Robbins writes, the more you help others, the more prosperous you will be personally. If you're in a position to share your wealth, I would encourage you to do so. There are so many charities which do great work, most of which are run by volunteers. These charities would hugely benefit from your monetary donations if you cannot donate your time. Not only this, in Australia, your donations to registered charities are also tax deductible, so there are no drawbacks to these charitable donations. I will leave you with this quote from Winston Churchill. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Well, that's it for this episode of Wilfred. What I learned from reading, Money, Master the Game, Seven Simple Steps to Financial Freedom by Tony Robbins, an educational discourse. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This book was around 650 pages, so it was an absolute corker. It was also difficult to summarize to just 30 minutes or less. For those of you tuning in for the first time, every week I read and highlight a new finance or self-improvement book, write a script, record, and release a new episode of Wolfred. I focus on releasing a condensed yet detailed breakdown of the book so you don't have to read it yourself. You can get a fair summary of the book for free in the time it takes you to get to work in the morning. That's my motivation and reasoning behind releasing this podcast. If you enjoy it and would like to give back, all I ask is that you follow the podcast and rate the pod five stars. This will ensure that you don't miss another episode of the podcast and full disclosure will help me a bunch in growing my platform. Wherever you choose to consume this content on Spotify or elsewhere, thanks so much for the support. I hope this is extended to my next one. Until next time, stay driven. Here's one millennial who has a parakeet with 9 million followers on Snapchat. Here's another who single-handedly started the hashtags that cancelled 12 network TV shows she found offensive.